Hey guys, today I've got someone named Daniel. He and I have been on, I think, each other's emails list for a little bit. I know of him, never have met him, so here he is. Daniel, how are you? Very good, thank you. From the other side of the world? Yeah, so for me, I think it's 5 o'clock uh, in the afternoon, and for you, it's, what, 8 o'clock in the morning in Australia? 8 a.m. right now, that's right, in Western Australia. Well, good morning. I'm excited to dive into it. So a little bit before this, you know, I told you we don't really have an agenda. I really want to get to know you and learn a, bit, a little bit more about you. So I'm really curious, like, who are you and where did you come from? I feel like you just popped up on my email screen one time. I obviously opted in, but I never had heard of you before. And I get your emails and I love them. Thank you very much. Uh, so I am an email copywriter is basically what I do now. And I've been doing that for about five years. Uh, I'm not doing it for clients anymore. So I used to be an engineer, qualified as an electrical engineer. I worked for Chevron for a few years on an island wearing a hard hat. Literally had to get on a plane, fly two hours to this remote island offshore in Western Australia. And it's been 28 days there at a time in, surrounded by red dirt. I literally wore like boots and a helmet and, and stuff like that. So I hated that. It was a terrible job. A terrible job. And uh, in back then I uh, was following Ramit Sethi. And I, he had this contest for this thing called copywriting. And like, it's weird now, but I'd never even heard that word. I didn't know what the heck is copywriting. Uh, and so I entered this contest just because I liked Rumi and I ended up winning it against a bunch of like professional copywriters. I had no idea what she was supposed to do. So I just wrote this sales page, like the way I thought sounded good and it won. And so that sort of opened my mind to this, this career of copywriting. And that's kind of how I got into it. So for the next couple of years, I was freelancing. Uh, I worked with a few big clients in Australia, well-known clients in Australia. Ended up working with a guy called Scott Pape, the Barefoot Investor, um, helping him launch what is now the best-selling book in Aussie history. And uh, from there, took off into my own brand in 2020. Started building a list and emailing it. And I enjoyed it so much that I decided to stop doing it for clients. Uh, instead, just write about my own stuff and teach other people how to do it. So that's a short history of how I got to where I am now. I love it, man. So to clarify, is your experience then on the email copyright side really for like info products and kind of like B2B um, and not so much e-commerce? Is it kind of more on like the info side? Certainly like there were, most of the clients I worked with were more like entrepreneurs, course creator kind of thing. So definitely, yeah, more, more of that. Um, I think I probably worked with a couple of e-commerce clients. I did work with a uh, a supplement company for a year. Uh, that was a big um, client of mine. So that that was e-com, and I was doing uh, sales copy and uh, not so much emails though back then for for that. But definitely my experience is a lot more in the you know info product, course creator, entrepreneur, coaches side of things. Nice. That makes sense. And is that how you kind of monetize, you know, your audience and kind of do your own thing is through courses, do you do coaching and consulting or is it just info? Correct. Look, I had, I had a coaching program uh, that I shut down because I hated coaching so much. It was just, <laughs> it just, uh, I didn't enjoy it. So yes, it's definitely now more on the uh, info side of things. I do have a lot of copywriters, you know, cause people have followed me all copywriters and that's, that's what I teach. I teach copywriting. And so I do have a lot of people I've coached or who follow me who are doing that kind of thing. So like in my coaching program, I did have 
client uh, students who are working for ecom clients and i have to help them with you know how to um how to sell that and I, i'm not going to say it's a very cliche be like, oh man look it's all the same thing no matter what you're selling that's a bit too cliche and i'm not going to go that far but i do think there is an extent where you know what i'm selling to my audience doesn't matter so much all the time it matters in the sense of how i target them and what i speak to them about but the way i email them honestly if i were doing another kind of business i'd probably just mostly be switching out my call to action and maybe changing a little bit of the how i teach in the email because that wouldn't quite be the focus of it but the idea of being entertaining to people and being valuable to people uh, in order to to stay front of mind with them, I think is something that I I feel is common across most successful email marketing. You've got people, you know, Chris Ozakowski, for example, very much takes that approach yeah. where the brands are built around personality. But I, I would be very interested if you if you feel there are differences uh, and and want to talk about those. Because honestly that's that's my approach, but I you might have a very different take on that. Yeah, for, for me personally, I pretty much only do e-commerce. I do obviously like my own weekly newsletter, but it's just, you know, a content focus. So I truthfully have, have no idea. So I'm going to default to to your answer. Um, one thing I want to ask you about. So you publish daily. Is that correct? And, and if so, did you always start daily or is that something that you changed to as you went? Uh, daily has always been what I've done when I've been building my brand. So it's not what I did with clients. So... I started my own list in 2020 and the clients I was working for would do things like weekly, for example. Uh, I was very influenced by Ben Settle, obviously, uh, when I started. And, you know, his mantra was always daily. And I thought, well, that's a good idea. I'd like to force myself to get things done. And I found that that cadence worked for me. Uh, but it's, it's not always been what everyone I've done. Has done. In fact, I, I actually don't know if, if e-commerce people are really doing that differently. I know in the copywriting world, there's everyone loves to follow each other and they're all like, oh, yeah, you've got to do daily, daily because everyone else says daily and it's just echo chamber. And I find that stupid, the whole echo chamber thing. I mean, I don't know if, if in the e-com world it's, it's any different. Yeah. So for, for me, for my personal newsletter, which I guess more is kind of similar to yours, more of like an info and also courses, I do uh, typically once a week, every Monday I'm sending some kind of free content. And then for clients on the actual e-com side, depending on the brand, depending on the list size, we're sending anywhere from maybe two to five emails a week. So five is typically kind of the upper threshold and two is kind of typically the minimum. So most cases, we've never really sent a daily email outside certain periods that warrant it. Like a Black Friday, Cyber Monday week, we will definitely go daily. But in most cases, it's probably two to four, three to five a week. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's very interesting to me to know. I mean, my my approach has always been, and, and this is what I recommend to all the people who follow me, uh, it's not so much about how much you're sending as long as what you're sending is good. And the only thing to me that's really special about daily is it forces you to be on your toes and be worth hearing from every day. I think that's my main rule is not how often should I send, it's how often can you send an email that's worth reading? Uh, and frankly, everyone reads something every day. Everyone reads something every day. They check Facebook, they watch a news program or something. So people have no problem with hearing from the same person day after day after day after day. You just need to be interesting enough 
to be one of them. And that's, I think, one of the core principles of how I am doing email copywriting is even if I were doing e-com, again, I think that's kind of irrelevant. If I were selling a physical product, I'd still be doing the same thing. I'd theme my emails maybe a little bit around what I was selling, but most of it would be the relationship building and getting people interested in knowing you. And, you know, frankly, I would love an alternate life where I could go and do this on e-commerce because I feel like I have a lot of uh, fun ideas for how I'd love to sell uh, physical products. And, you know, being able to say the the intricacies of having a physical business that, that, you know, you and I won't have as we do info products, you can't, you don't really have inventory, you don't have stock, you don't have supplies and so on. And I think for me, I love to create this world and immerse the reader in this world where they're following along with my life like it's some kind of drama. And I have always felt that the act of having a business, a physical business, where you have products, you have suppliers, you have customers, maybe you have a shop, you have a warehouse, these all add fantastic elements of setting and characterization and drama to that world, which I don't really have. I can't be like, hey, I got a new shipment of courses come in today. They're on my hard drive, just sitting there on the shelf. I can't do that. Right? I just have to manufacture these things from other things in my life. But to me, a store owner can do this like, oh my gosh, I had this fight with my distributor this morning and let, let me tell you about it. Or I've just had this new shipment come in. I open it up, it's like hand cream or something. Like I've never seen one this good. Or I, I bought this experimental new product and I've only got 10 of them and I'm selling them to the first 10. I'd have so much fun with that. And I, I think that's something I, I would love to do with e-commerce is to work in the elements of the business as uh, dramatic elements in a story. Yeah, dude, I love that. And I won't say no e-commerce brands that do that, but I'm guessing most brands are not leveraging even a fraction of the things that you just said, right? So I was kind of smiling and laughing the whole time because like what you're saying like, would be so much fun on the receiving end as a customer to actually get yes. just because it's so differentiated, right? And in, in, in your world and in info, right? I'm sure people are more used to these elaborate stories, although your, your emails are actually still really good in comparison. But to receive that in e-commerce, I think people will just be like, whoa, like what is happening, right? And I think these are the emails that obviously get forwarded and shared and you know put on social. I love that. So I, I want to talk to you about like metrics, right? So you send every single day. Obviously, right, you A-B test so certain days, certain subject lines have an uptick and some have a downtick. But on average, if you look at like a 30-day period, is there a big variance in like a if you're sending every single day in terms of the open rate and the click-through that you're getting on a given email? Look, it's, it's kind of a complex thing to answer because partly influenced by my philosophy. And my philosophy is that I'm only hard selling 10% of the time, okay. roughly. Most of the emails are there to build a relationship. They sell in every email, but I'm not pushing hard for that click. It's more like if you feel like buying on this particular day, there's the link. And so because of that, yes, there is variance in open rates. Like in the last month, I've had emails that have varied you know, on a standard day where I'm not trying too hard, the click rate will be between 0.5 and 2% probably. And then on a day that I am trying hard, it will, I think I had one the other day that went, um, it was between 10 and 20. I don't remember exactly where it was. I get that's a big variance. I just can't remember. Uh, that's because I was trying to push something. So I can, I can get it quite high if I want to. But if I did that every day, there's no way I would be able to get those heights. So there is a bit of variance in that. As for the open rates, they are generally 
pretty consistent and they'll they'll usually vary between 25 to 40 i think like based on based on the subject line how i do with the promotions tab uh, i have in an interesting anecdote recently switched from aweber to berserker mail which is ben settle's new email platform and the deliverability has been really cool on that it's hitting the primary tab every day like it's never gone anywhere else that's that's nice um but in general not too much variance to be honest unless i have something that's obviously going to trigger the promotions tab yep makes sense that's cool i haven't heard of that esp so i'll go check that out in terms of like acquisition of new subscribers and new customers are you running paid ads you have a referral program are people just kind of organically sharing how do you go about acquiring new subscribers I tried paid ads for a few months uh, earlier this year. In fact, I, we only pulled the plug on it about a month ago. And I, they weren't a fantastic source of leads for my business because it's so relationship-based. Um, and I think I'm still quite confident I'm going to get a good ROI on those subs over the long term. But I think, you know, we put around between 20, 20 to 30 grand into it. And maybe recouped so far, like seventy uh, percent of that in the first couple months. So I, on those numbers, I'm very confident it will prove profitable in the long term. But I want to watch how that goes. Uh, but that's also partly because I don't have a low ticket front end offer. Like the cheapest thing I have is a one hundred dollar product, and frankly, that product only makes a lot of sense if you follow all my emails because it kind of reveals the the thread behind them all. So my business wasn't really set up for that. I think it, I'd certainly be doing it if I had something 20 bucks to start with on the front end. Uh, however, what I have found very effective is is referral traffic. That's the vast majority of how I'm bringing it in. And I found a really good results incentivizing my list to to do that. You know, and, and not even, I, you know, some people have a referral thing that they'll stick at the end of every email. I think anything you put in every single email gets ignored because humans are so good at getting used to things, right? No matter how good your footer is, whatever it is, people are going to ignore it. So I'm a big advocate of mixing up the call to action and how I get to that call to action every single day. And it takes a lot of work, I admit, but I think the results are better. And that includes not just pitching products, but also how I get referrals. So I, rather than having a static referral program, I will run time-limited and specific giveaways with, you know, a, a larger bait piece of content, which is, you know, for people to share. And I will also use a smaller gift for the list, which I'll call a referral magnet. And that is basically the bribe that I offer to the list for a limited period of time if you share this specific piece of content in these specific groups or areas online. Okay, And by being specific and time-limited about it, I found it's really really effective for getting leads in. And that, that doesn't cost me anything. I'm just repurposing stuff I already have. The caveat is probably this is more relevant to an, someone who is offering value themselves in the emails. And I think one of the, one of the challenges you would have, we, we talked before about one of the advantages that e-com brands will have is that they have cool story elements, which they can work in to the marketing. One of the downsides is that outside of our world of email marketing, not as many people are like, yeah, I want to sign up for emails, you know? And that's when you have to start bringing in the idea of 
lead magnets or, or discounts or whatever. And frankly, you're probably more of an expert in that kind of world than I am because I don't really have to deal with it. I'm lucky. We're lucky. We live in a world where we can be like, sign up for the emails. And our, our market is the only world, the only market in the world that's like, yes, I want emails. So I think you have to, the challenge is a little bit more for that. So it's probably probably something different for our industry, you know, like that we can go more referrals than than are driving with, with paid traffic. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes sense. The last thing I kind of want to end on is I'm sure you get this a lot. So it's a kind of a two-part question in terms of sending daily email content, right? Like how you source that inspiration. That's one. And then two is, do you schedule things out or are you just writing on the cuff? So, you know, if today is September 1st, yeah. are you having, is this email today scheduled a day in advance, a week in advance, a month in advance, or are you about to go write this after you have your morning coffee after this podcast? Great. That's an awesome question. Um, I write, 99% of the stuff on the day. Uh, I, I schedule it. I'll write it around probably 2 p.m. every day, and I'll schedule it for 4.30 a.m. my time. So there's about 12 hours, 12 hours delay. I found I just get better engagement when I send it at that time with a bit of testing. I think it's different for everyone. But it also gives me a bit of a circuit breaker because there are days when I write something in an email and I'll be lying in bed, and I'll, I'll say to my wife, like, I really shouldn't have said that thing. And I have to run up and go and edit, edit the email. Like maybe I was in a bad mood when I wrote the email and I said something. I was like, no, don't. So I, I like that. But I think people can tell generally when things are not fresh. So I've done a lot of affiliate promotions uh, in, in the email marketing space. And I've won almost every single one, except Ian Stanley is the only person who pipped me. Um, and we had a, had a way bigger list. But I think the, the reason that my emails did so well in each of those is because they're always fresh. I write everything on the day. And while scheduling in advance can be fantastic, there are, there are downsides to fresh emails. If I get hit by a bus, my business is, you know, there, there are big problems. I don't deny that. But at the same time, like if you imagine how could you have a friendship with someone who every text they sent you, they'd written three months ago. Yeah. You would know. You you would be able to tell. They would just be giving you bland, motivational things or just random generic tips. Okay, you can't do anything up to date. Whereas no relationship you have in real life operates on that kind of delay. It's fresh. It's live. It's real. And you can tell as a person. And so I brought the same philosophy into emailing that I think people can tell that when something is preloaded. So everything is new. And then you do have that other thing you ask, which is like, where do you come up with the ideas? And to me, there's, there's a few ways for that. Like, obviously, I draw on the events in my life. And because I don't have a, a warehouse or a business or something, which I would love to, they would be fantastic story elements. Instead, I've got to use my kids and where I'm working that day and so on. And, you know, you might think, well, why do people care about that? And my argument is that if you build a relationship properly, you become interesting to your prospect, just like... If we're friends, I want to know what's going on in your life. That's why you follow people on Facebook, for example. Uh, I also like to keep an eye on groups in my area, like copywriting groups online, because whatever people are talking about, I know it's interesting to the market. And that will usually give me uh, good fodder, like if there's an interesting controversy or discussion. And also emails people send me make really fantastic material because like it's like letters to the editor and people you know people have spent more time reading comments under a video or a new story than they do actually watching or reading the thing and so i'm trying to tap into that psychology there we just love 
the interpersonal engagement. Again, this is something I don't feel like a lot of e-com brands do, and probably more of them would do better if they were doing it, in my opinion. I mean, not my not my very tested opinion. It's not like I've taken my approach and run an e-com brand, but I'd love to try if I have more time. But yeah, that's basically where the ideas are coming from, mostly for me. I love it, dude. Yeah, I think there's a, a massive opportunity. I think a lot of the stuff that you mentioned here today for the folks that are e-com oriented are going to listen to this and really like their mind is going to be blown and expanded. So Daniel, thank you so much for the time, the wisdom, the insight. What's the best place or places for people to get on your list, follow you on social, if you're active on social, what does that look like? I honestly have no online presence except my email list. And you can get on that at persuasivepage.com. Or if you Google my name, it should be the first result. Persuasivepage.com, though. That's where you can get on the list. Awesome. That link will be below. Daniel, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. Cheers.